I'm back in Boston part two. You're gonna have to fast today and are you the kind of guy that gets motivated by kind of going back and forth with the fans? Do you kind of use that internally as uh, something to fire you up? Look, I, I mean, I'm I'm just where I'm from. You know, I'm used to all these antics and people being close nearby. Um, you know, it's nothing new when I come into this building, what it's going to be like, but it's the same energy they have for me and I'm going to have the same energy for them. And it's not every fan. I don't want to attack every fan, every Boston fan, but, um, you know, when people start yelling and all this stuff, it's but so much you can take uh, as a competitor. And, um, you know, we're the ones expected to be docile and be humble and take a humble approach. Not as the playoffs. This is what it is. You know, I, I've, I know what to expect in here, and it's the same energy I'm giving back to them. Happy Easter, niggas. Well, Easter's fucking over now. It's back to the work week. So, it's about that time. Game one analysis, baby. We had a jam-packed weekend full of classic playoff games, classic moments. This playoff weekend was ugly. It was disgusting, but it was amazing. Nothing but amazing games. A few blowouts, a couple of blowouts, but we'll get to that. We're going to start with Saturday's games, man. Let's give a whole entire breakdown here. We're going to be here for a while, so get your fucking popcorn ready in this bitch. All right, first game, we got Utah versus Dallas. Utah ended up beating the Dallas Mavericks 99-93. My analysis for this game was simple, dude. Simple as fuck, right? Dallas has no Luka Doncic, and it has been confirmed that Luka Doncic is not going to be there for game two. 
as he battles that same calf injury. So, it's safe to say that Utah is taking both of these games. Hopefully, Utah doesn't beat themselves because for the, for the first three quarters of this game, it looked like Dallas had control over the game. But they had many lapses on where they were going to get their offense from. I mean, they seem to have figured it out by just taking shots and hoping that they fall. But those prayers became unanswered once Donovan Mitchell took over the game. And Rudy Gobert's defense was heavy in this game. For this man to only score five points and to have such a major impact on the game's outcome was really amazing. Now, I think that Quinn Snyder is one of the uh, middest coaches I've ever seen. But Rudy Gobert's impact was wild. He only attempted one shot, y'all. The whole game. Played 35 minutes, but had 17 rebounds and three blocks. That's crazy. Um, Donovan Mitchell in the first half struggled, but in that second half, the Donovan Mitchell that I know and love showed up. You gotta you gotta look at this. Donovan Mitchell, what, only had two points in the first half? As I can remember. So this man scored 30 points in the second half. Knowing that he's one of the most underrated star players in today's game. And and it's just due to the fact that he doesn't have a legit number two guy. And I'll tell you what team he should join once we get to that game, right? But he had 32.6 rebounds, 6 assists. Bohan Bogdanovich provided some help. 26 points of his own. 11 of 20 from the field. He shot. He was more consistent than Donovan, but Donovan became Donovan. Once he came down in the gut and started dunking, I was like, oh, shit, he's alive. Mike Conley was good in the closing minutes of the game. He didn't show up till the fucking fourth quarter, but nice of you to show. Nonetheless, uh, Jordan Clarkson had 10 points off the bench, but that's about all the production that they really got here. Utah just barely squeaked by with just Bohan Bogdanovich. However, Dallas had to shoot the ball. Period, point blank. I mean, they only played eight players. That's cutting your rotation hella thin. I mean, Reggie Bullock had 15 points. He hit some big shots in this game. He kept Dallas alive. And a lot of those possessions. Dorian Finney-Smith did well, too. He had 14 points. Jalen Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie did what they were supposed to do. Spencer, in replacing um, Luka, had a lot on his plate. And he did everything he could. Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do. I'm telling you. (laughs) Yeah, man. 22 points and 8 assists. Jalen Brunson, 24 points. Maxi Kleber had 10 points. But it just wasn't enough for a Utah team taking advantage and kind of like bullshitting a little bit. I think Utah should have took their ass out. But Utah survived a bad shooting first half. Now let's move on to the second game of Saturday, which was the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Memphis Grizzlies. A lot of people have picked... Minnesota to win this series, which I really don't understand. I'm sorry, I just don't get it. I don't see what y'all see. 
because I, you know what I did. I picked uh, the Wolves, and I mean, I picked the Grizzlies and a gentleman's sweep. But Minnesota came into Memphis and poked their chest out. I mean, they were coming off like a big celebration game. I guess if that's what you want to call it. You know what I'm saying? But the Timberwolves beat the the Memphis Grizzlies at home, 117 to 130, and it was a lot of missed calls on uh, Memphis's side. But Anthony Edwards, I'm telling you, I said this on my YouTube, and I'll say this again on my show. Nobody's gonna miss LeBron James when he leaves the game, bro. Because the game is in good hands. We got all these nice, young, fresh faces that's going to keep our league interesting. It's going to add the competition back to the league. We're not going to have all these guys jumping from team to team anymore. It's going to be rivalries back in the game. In this series, a rivalry is developing between these two. I can see it getting ugly in this series. However, Anthony Edwards, this is a star. This is a superstar. This is an all-star in the making. This guy should have been an all-star this year. But y'all gave it to Wiggins. But anyway, he had 36 points and 6 assists, 12 of 23 shooting, 4 of 11 from 3. This dude was unstoppable. Carl Anthony Towns actually put on his big boy pants and showed up. 29 points, 13 rebounds. He was huge. He was killing Steven Adams. And he was giving Jaron Jackson Jr. the blues, even though Jackson Jr. did well against him. Malik Beasley was the story here. 23 points off the bench. 8 of 14 shooting. 4 of 10 from 3. Jaden McDaniels, the young boy. 15 points. 5 of 6 from the field. 2 of 3 from 3. 7 rebounds. Like, these guys came in, six niggas in double figures, came in poking their chest out at these dudes. And these two teams are cut from the same cloth. It's no, it's no hoes, it's no hoe in their blood. I'm telling you, it's no hoe in your, hoe in their blood. Steven Adams played too many minutes. 24 minutes? Come on, man. That's way too many minutes. I'm saying, but John Morant, oof, he took a lot of punishment this game. He was getting knocked around like a fucking pinball. Minnesota was being super aggressive with him, being super physical with him. 32 points, 8 assists. I mean, John Morant did everything he could to keep his team in the game. But uh, it was a back and forth showdown at the OK Corral but in the end Minnesota ended up pulling away Uh, Desmond Bain 17 points Dylan Brooks 24 points 
The big disappointments were Jaron Jackson, despite his seven blocks. He only shot 4-13, 0-5 from three. Steven Adams did not contribute a point and only had three rebounds. He looks like a liability. I would start Jackson Jr. at center and, and start Kyle Anderson at the four. Because that's the only way you're really going to get beat this team is if you put Jackson Jr. on Carl Anthony Towns the whole game. Brandon Clark had some big minutes. He added 13 points of his own, but it wasn't enough for the underdog Minnesota Timberwolves. But I'm going to tell it to you like this. My thoughts on this game is simple. I'm still picking a gentleman's sweep for Memphis. I'm confident in that, in that choice, even if they don't do it. But if they do take both home games from Minnesota, they're in trouble. I'm going to just leave it at that. The next game of that day was the Philadelphia 76ers versus the Toronto Raptors. And this was an ass whooping of the ages. This was a butt kicking out of this world. 131 to 111. My nigga. This was pretty bad. 131 to 111. I mean, I knew the Sixers were going to come out and win the game, but goddamn, I expected Toronto to put up a fight. But unfortunately, bad news from Toronto as Scotty Barnes suffered an injury. Now, I don't have... Let me check the status updates to see if Barnes is going to play in game two. I highly doubt it. I think Barnes... It's going to be out for this game for sure. But thank God that the x-rays were negative after his ankle sprain because Joel Embiid came down hard on Scotty Barnes' ankle. That was the moment of the game where it was like, oh, fuck, that's not good. So Scotty Barnes is listed as doubtful. So he's probably going to miss that game. And that's going to hurt Toronto. Philly might whoop their ass again. But contributions from Toronto, Pascal Siakam had 24 points. OG Ananobi had 20 points. Fred Van Vliet had 18 points. Scotty Barnes had 15 points, 10 rebounds, and 8 assists. That is definitely going to be missed. But Gary Trent Jr. shot horrible, 2 of 11. His shot selection was terrible. But Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Joel Embiid, if I if I were to tell you that Joel Embiid would score 19 points and Philly would win this game by 20, I would think you're a fucking fool. But James Harden, despite shooting his usual 6 of 17, Contributed 22 points and 14 assists. Man. 38 points from Tyrese Maxey. I'm telling you, the NBA is in good hands with this young core coming out. And Tyrese Maxey is at the top of that food chain. Anthony Edwards, who we just talked about. John Morant and Tyrese Maxey is going to join that group of players. He was magnificent. 14 of 21 from the field. 5 of 8 from 3. 
Joel Embiid, a quiet 19 and 15. Light work. Tobias Harris, 26 points. Now, Tobias Harris plays like this. Philly could ease their way into the conference finals. Now, I don't know if they'll come out of there. It depends on their opponent. But I'm liking this new blood shit, man. I'm loving the energy. Now, let's move on to... I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, as I told y'all, if Toronto took a couple of games. But that depends on the health status of Scotty Barnes. Now, the Denver Nuggets and the Golden State Warriors... The Warriors ended up winning in Steph Curry's return, 123-107 to over the Denver Nuggets. And Nikola Jokic was dog shit tired. I've never seen him look like that since the, the days when he was overweight. Now you got slim Jokic out there huffing and puffing like Chris Boucher. But um, Nikola Jokic at 25 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists. The usuals. Offensively gifted. Will Barton had 24 points. I didn't even notice. Because <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was so out of hand, you know? I didn't even see anybody else on Denver but Barton, like, doing anything. You know what I'm saying? But not much contribution from Denver. However, Golden State. Jordan Poole as Steve Kerr inserted yet another death lineup. Steph Curry came off the bench, but the death lineup, I think, is Curry, Poole, Thompson, Green, and Wiggins. And Golden State, outside of Poole, had a lot of contributors. Poole had 30 points in his playoff debut. I'm telling you, the game is in good hands because Jordan Poole is a part of this class and group of young, talented players that will take the league by storm. Clay Thompson had 19 points, 7 of 15 shooting. Steph, in his comeback, had a quick 16 points in 21 minutes. Draymond Green had 12 points, 9 assists, 6 rebounds. Andrew Wiggins had 16 points. He shot well from the field. This is his best game since the All-Star break, in my opinion. All in all, I think that playoff Golden State is back. And you don't want to fuck with playoff Golden State because when Steph Curry, Draymond, and Clay are out there, they always have a chance to win. And not to mention, Iguodala's back. Like, they played 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 players. Got clock out there. My God. Yeah, another guy that's going to help them is uh, Belitzica. Like, Belitzica can play. That's the underrated pickup. And they could just go right into their bench and just go crazy. The next game on this list, we are starting, we are on to today's games as 
the Atlanta Hawks get destroyed by the Miami Heat. And Trey Young has his worst playoff game as a pro. His absolute worst game I've ever seen Trey Young. Because a lot of people are putting him on Steph and Ja Morant level. They needed to calm down because the Miami defense showed up to blow up and and showed y'all why they are the number one seed. Trey Young only had eight points, shot one of 12, did not hit one three-pointer, y'all. They had no shot in winning this game, 91 to 115. That's embarrassing. I mean, if if you're going to be an eight seed, be like New Orleans tonight. At least show some fight. These motherfuckers laid down. John Collins and his comeback scored more points than Trey Young. That is unacceptable. Trey Young has to step his game up next game. You know Trey Young sound like Mike Tyson. He was yelling at the rest. They putting their hands on me. They being physical with me. They fouling me. You got to account for the fouls. You know, that motherfucker got that goddamn Sylvester the Cat lisp. Suffering succotash, Trey Young. Uh, let's move on to the Miami Heat. Man, Duncan Robinson had his best playoff game. 27 points. 9 of 10 from the field. 8 of 9 from 3. That was an all-out performance from this dude. Jimmy Butler had 21 points of his own. Bam Adebayo only scored six points. And the Heat still won in blowout fashion. Kyle Lowry hit some big shots today. I mean, they didn't get much contribution besides Jordan. I mean, besides Duncan Robinson. The Miami Heat are like... Do you remember that movie, The Replacements? Like, that's what they remind me of. Like, that group of of players and shit, they remind me of the characters from that movie. Miami didn't really have to do much to beat the shit out of these guys. And I have a feeling that the next game, they're going to do the same exact thing and beat them again. Now we move on to Brooklyn Nets and Boston Celtics. This was the best game of the day. This was the best game to watch. These are two competitive teams. You got Brooklyn who dealt with a lot of injuries. They dealt with the pandemic. They dealt with Kyrie being unvaccinated and not playing uh, a a half of the season. And they managed to scrape it together and grab the 7 seed and get a dangerous Boston team who has stepped their game up since the All-Star break and really just started to um, getting their footing in. And my goodness, Kevin Durant was awful. I haven't seen Kevin Durant play this bad since that game six and against Golden State. Like, he got shut down today. I mean, they threw different defenders at him. Jason Tatum, 
uh, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, they all did a good job in guarding Kevin Durant. But the performance of the night has to go to Kyrie. Kyrie went into hostile territory as he got belittled, he got cussed out, called out his name. You know, Kyrie was talking back to him, sticking his middle finger up, telling motherfuckers to suck my dick. You know what I'm saying? That's that East Coast shit, man. But 39.6 assists. My goodness. Kevin Durant had 23 points. That's fine and all, but he shot 9 of 24 and 1 of 5 from 3. That's not acceptable. This is a team that could take you out and could beat you. But they did get solid contributions from Nick Claxton. Even though he missed two important free throws and shot one of five from the free throw line. He was productive. 13 points, eight rebounds. Andre Drummond got into quick foul trouble. I mean, he was three of four. He was getting it in, but Claxton played so good that Nash kept him in the game. Then Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic had a big game today. He hit some big shots. But toward the end of the fourth quarter, he, he tired out. And Steve Nash did not do what it takes to manage his lineups. He didn't put Drummond back into the game to rest Nick Claxton. Seth Curry was super mid today. Bruce Brown played horrible. I don't care what his stats say. He played fucking awful. And then Kevin Durant with the turnovers. This shit was not acceptable. Kevin Durant thinking he could dribble through everybody. Call for a pick. Kyrie damn near saved y'all. But this is the thing though. It came down, despite these issues, it came down to a Jason Tatum layup for game. That's tough. And Cam Thomas didn't get no clock. What the fuck, Steve Nash? Steve Nash is the worst fucking coach of all time. I'm calling it today. My nigga Cam Thomas could have helped them today. LaMarcus Aldridge. This, you brought this dude back for what? Why bring him back if you're not going to play him? Hey, yo, what is the use of soldiers if you can't use them. Come on, man. Nash is horrible, bro. I'm sorry. But not sorry. And then you wait until the fourth quarter to actually get into zone. And then you the players break the zone when Marcus Smart goes up for another three. But guess what? I would have lived with Marcus Smart shooting that three other than Jason Tatum getting that free layup. This was just bad coaching. And then when Boston would take these big giant leads, Steve Nash wouldn't call timeout. He wouldn't adjust. It's just Kyrie and Kevin Durant street ball. And that's it. This shit ain't going to win no championship. I don't care how good Kyrie and Kevin Durant is. That's not going to win no championship. I don't give a fuck if they do make it to the finals. They're not going to win the fucking championship playing like this with this poor coaching. And I was on Budenholzer's ass last year too for bad coaching mistakes and decisions. 
Because ain't no way Milwaukee should have went six games with Atlanta last year. They should have swept them. But Budenholzer stepped his game up this year. But we'll see. I mean, Budenholzer's a better coach than he was last year. I'll give him some credit. But Nash, play Aldridge. Play Thomas. Let Kyrie and Kevin Durant get a rest. I know. I mean, Kyrie fight through Ramadan and shit. That motherfucker gonna fuck around, fuck around and pass out on the fucking court. He played forty-two minutes. That's too many minutes. Kevin Durant forty-one minutes. That's too many minutes. Now Boston, man, Jason Tatum was incredible. This was another classic game from Jason Tatum. Thirty-one points, eight assists. Al Horford. Al Horford was destroying. But that was because, shit, Bruce Brown and Kevin Durant was checking him. Horford was... Drummond was guarding Horford early on. But Al Horford, veteran's presence, 20 points, 15 rebounds. This man turned back the clock. And you know who else could have done something like that? LaMarcus Aldridge. But you refused to play him. LaMarcus Aldridge would have slowed down Al Horford. There were so many coaching mistakes and errors. And and poor lack of lineups, lack of adjustments, lack of getting into defensive sets, lack of running plays. What plays were called in this game other than pick and roll? None. Boston ran all types of plays on these niggas. Jalen Brown, 23 points. Marcus Smart, 20 points. You had four players to score over 20 points on y'all. Brooklyn's defense is fucking atrocious. It is fucking hot dog doodoo garbage shit bag pussy. Kevin Durant played defense like a pussy today. He played horrible on the defensive end. played horrible on Jason Tatum. It was no resistance. He was playing LeBron James defense. That's how bad of a defender he is. I mean, Kyrie Irving, you don't expect defense out of him. But he was playing Tatum better than Durant was. And Tatum is five, six inches taller than Kyrie. And even with the contributions... Boston still only won by one, which makes me wonder. I think game two, I think the Nets are going to play a whole lot better than that. Don't be surprised if Brooklyn blows them out next game and steals home court from the Boston Celtics. The next game, the Chicago Bulls versus the Milwaukee Bucks. And the champions, the defending champions were playing with Chicago. They were, they, they, they cruised. They had a mean start. They were up as many as 16 points. And they decided, let's see what Chicago is made of. Let's see if they can close out a game. And the Milwaukee Bucks swept Chicago during the season. I still think Chicago is going to get one game. 
DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeFrozen showed up. That scared little boy DeRozan from Toronto showed up today. 18.6 of 25 from the field. Terrible. Nikola Vucevic shot 10 three-pointers. Zach Levine shot 10 three-pointers. They both were 2 of 10 from three. Means that they were 4 of 20 from three. That is unacceptable. There's no way that Nikola Vucevic should be attempting 27 shots. DeMar DeRozan should be attempting 25 shots. Zach Levine, 6 of 19. He clearly was not ready. This is his first playoff game. Let me tell you something. The inexperience of the Chicago Bulls showed tonight, especially during that last possession. They had a chance to take the lead for game. And Zach Levine shot a contested three that was abysmal. This shit was fucking horrible. Like, you can't be fucking serious. Chicago actually had a chance to beat Milwaukee at home and steal home court. And it was just poor decision-making throughout the fourth quarter that cost the Bulls the game. I mean, Vucevic did have 24 points and 17 rebounds. That's cute, but if Nikola Vucevic is leading this team in scoring, they're not going to win one game. But anyway, right? Giannis Antipo Negro. Let me tell you something. Giannis Antetokounmpo looked like 1992 Shaquille O'Neal out there. He was yamming, he was dunking, he was rebounding. He had 27 points, 16 rebounds, 2 blocks, 3 assists, 10 to 19 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3. Chris Middleton played horrible today. He played like dog shit. He better be lucky that Brooke Lopez and Drew Holiday were able to bail the team out because he is a part of the reason why the game was so close. His poor shooting... His shitty decision-making, his turnovers. This man had seven turnovers. I keep trying to tell y'all, this motherfucker is not an all-star. He a role player. He a glorified role player. Sometimes he plays like a star. Some days, he's Michael Red. Some days, he's fucking a G League player. Middleton can't be, you know, Milwaukee's not going to be able to repeat if Middleton keeps playing like that. Middleton got to score 20. Period, point blank. And I'm surprised with the lack of contributions from everyone else that this game was won. That just shows how bad the Bulls are defensively. But, however, you got to give the Bulls credit. They did play better defense than I expected because they held Milwaukee under 100 points. 86-93, that's a classic NBA score. That's the, the shit I grew up on. But Drew Holiday was able to hit some big shots. 
Brooke Lopez was huge for them with 18 points. Pretty solid game. Now, the last game of the night was the New Orleans Pelicans versus the Phoenix Suns. Now, New Orleans Pelicans is the only team that I like in the playoffs. Everybody else, I'm not rooting for whoever, you know. My Pistons were at the crib, just like I am. So the Pelicans was the only team that I could cheer for. My goodness. Jonas Valiant Shunis had 25 rebounds tonight. That's got to be some type of a record. Now, the Phoenix Suns ended up beating the New Orleans Pelicans 110 to 99, but I think the Phoenix Suns underestimated the fight in my New Orleans Pelicans. They underestimated the fight. Underestimated the fight. They underestimated the size of the dogs in the fight. Willie Green can fucking coach, man. I ain't going to hold you. Cooley High, Cooley High School's own Willie Green, Detroit Mercy, U of D Mercy's own Willie Green can fucking coach. They got down as many as 20, but these motherfuckers fought back and lost by 11. That's more than what I can say for Ice Trey, Ice Trey Young with multiple S's. That nigga got a major lisp. Major lisp alert. But anyway, man, Jonas Valley and Shunis, 18 points, 25 rebounds. That's crazy. CJ McCollum, 25 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Phoenix was like, I'd rather have CJ beat me than Brandon Ingram beat me because Ingram had 18 points, 6 or 17 from the field, and, they, and Phoenix was being physical with him. Michael Bridges made it completely hard out there. For Ingram to function. Larry Nance Jr. contributed 14 points. The only thing that I feel like Willie Green fucked up on was not playing Trey Murphy enough in the game. I think Trey Murphy should have got 35 minutes. Now, Phoenix, Chris Paul was the story of this game. Chris Paul, you know, when New Orleans started to come back, and cut the lead to double digits. Chris Paul was hitting big threes from the top of the key. That's his spot. Chris Paul turned back the clock. This was the best playoff game I've ever seen Chris Paul play. This was vintage Chris Paul. 30 points, 10 rebounds. And he doesn't get enough credit for being old and playing like gold. They give LeBron all this credit. He averaged 36 and 6, 37 and 7. But Chris Paul had 30 and 10. And then he led these young players to the NBA Finals in their first go round as a team. How old is Chris Paul? Oh, LeBron is 38. Chris Paul's 36. And 36 is pretty cool to be doing this. For all the dick riding that nigga gets, give Chris Paul that same energy. That's all I ask. What LeBron is doing is great, but other players get left off by doing this. 30 points, 7 rebounds, 10 assists, 3 steals. Like Chris Paul definitely deserves the game ball for the night. And DeAndre Ayton, 21 points. This man was hitting threes, y'all. 
If this man is hitting threes, shit. DeAndre Ayton might move into that top 25 players, man. DeAndre Ayton, um, Shaquille O'Neal made a great comparison. DeAndre Ayton does remind me of David Robinson, but tougher. He definitely reminds me of David Robinson, man. His game, he had the mid-range like David Robinson. He has the post game. He worked on his game. He has that mid-range, occasional three and shit. He was incredible. Phoenix had three players score over 20. Booker had 25 points, light night, eight assists. Yeah, man, long as Aiton is scoring 20, this team could be dangerous. Now, Cam Johnson... Um, had 13 points off the bench. Overall, I mean, New Orleans showed some fight, but more than likely, they're going to get swept. Sorry to say, but you got to tell the truth in this bitch. But anyway, that's my game one analysis. This is King Known Uncensored, and I'm out.